let me define the word fear. Fear is defined as an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain, or harm. It's also to be afraid of something or someone that is likely to be dangerous, painful, or harmful. That's what fear is. Now, we all have fears in our lives. Now, whether you admit that or not, or whether you are aware of your fears or not, there are reasons why, there are reasons why we react to certain people or to certain things or, you know, certain experiences. And that's usually due to the fears that we have in our lives. Now, I did some research about fears, and these are the top five fears of humans. I don't know how up-to-date this is, but... Um, <coughs> so the number one fear in the world, supposedly, is called glossophobia. Who can guess what glossophobia is? The fear of what? Glossing, yes. No, it's glossing. <laughs> it's the fear of public speaking, like this fellow. Now, I don't understand this fear because obviously I don't have this fear because it's my job. But that's supposedly, it's supposedly it's the number one fear, right? If I was like, you know, here, have a turn, have a turn, I guess we'd find out who, who does have this. Um, number two is thanatophobia, thanatophobia. Anyone know what that is? It's the fear of death. <laughs> the fear of Thanos, no? <laughs> Somebody's excited for the movie release this week. <laughs> I'll show you the photo first. This is acrophobia. Acrophobia. Right? What do you reckon? The fear... Of bad photos. No, just, the, it is, it's the fear of heights. I have this. I, I, like, when I first saw that photo up close, like, something shifted in my heart. Um, uh, this is a very popular one, arachnophobia. People know what that one is? Spiders? Or Spider-Man? Ooh. They say every adult, every adult, average adult, <laughs> Eats eight eight insects a year, average, and 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 you're like, well, when did, when's the last time I ate an insect? You know when it happens the most while you're sleeping. They crawl in. <coughs> Woo! Enjoy sleeping tonight. And then finally, nyctophobia. I don't know if I'm saying this correct. Nyctophobia <laughs> is what fear of the fear of Nick. <laughs> Um, it's a fear of the dark, right? And a lot of people have this fear. Uh, not many people admit that they have this fear, especially when they're older. But uh, it's, it's in the top five. Now, you know, these, these are very common fears. But as I did more research, I found that there are all sorts of fears, right? So here are some maybe not so common fears that maybe you may have. Uh, if, if you have any of these fears, uh, we're going to pray for you at the end of the service, okay? Now, you'll see why I'm saying that. Uh, xanthophobia, okay? Now, we'll go to the picture. Xanthophobia is the fear of the color yellow. Yeah, so if you saw that and you were like, oh, okay, you have xanthophobia, all right? 
Turophobia, my wife does not have. Okay? Turophobia, my wife definitely does not have. Go to the photo. It's the fear of cheese. Okay? Right? Hansor has the fear of cheese. <laughs> that makes, yeah. He has fear of ice cream, fear of cheese, fear of milk, yeah, dairy. Now, this is, this is going to start to get real, especially for the younger people. Nomophobia. Right? Nomophobia. What do you think that is? Right? Go. Photo. It's the fear of being without mobile coverage. No 3G. My goodness me. We are raising a whole generation that have nomophobia. It's ridiculous. Finally, <laughs> don't say people's names, okay? Tripophobia, right? Some people are like, oh my God. Go to the photo. You know what this is? The fear of holes. The what? Oh, is it a cluster of holes? Oh, I thought it was just holes. You know, like the sewer holes? You know, one of my fears is um, when I walk across a drain, right? Dead set. When I walk across a drain or a pipe or something, I have to hold my car keys. Naturally, it happens because my fear is that my car keys will drop out into the drain and then I have to go swimming with crocodiles in the sewer and maybe fight some ninja turtles down there as well. You know, you know we all have fears. Don't laugh at my fears. You all have fears. I could talk about your fears. We all have fears. And if you think about it, right, if you actually think about, well, what's the worst that could happen? You, know, you wake up one morning and you go, man, I had the worst day ever. What do you think is the worst thing that could happen, right? Like you could be stuck in an elevator like 100 stories high. Suddenly the lights go, you know, go out. You're in the dark. You know? Suddenly you feel some spiders crawling up your arms. And then a, a massive piece of cheese just falls and hits you in the head. You know, like sometimes we, 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 we list these fears and we think, oh, these must be the worst thing, the worst thing to happen to you. But actually, if you think about it, the worst thing that can happen to you is that you die. Isn't that right? Like, yes, I'm not taking away from pain and suffering and, and hardship, but really, if you think about it, you know, all of those things uh, are somewhat endured over and over again. But, but death is so permanent. You can't come back from death. Like once you die, you die. And this is why I think so many people fear death. Now on Good Friday, last Friday, we remembered that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, died on the cross. He died on the cross for our sins. He was sinless and yet died a sinner's death. Why? To pay the penalty for our sins. You sinned, every single one of us sinned. And before God, we need to account for our sin. And yet, when Jesus died on the cross, he took that on for you. And so we know that Jesus, not only did he die, that he was buried in a tomb. And if you've been coming to church for long enough, you know what the next part of the story is. But, but this is the part of the story that I want to go to. Okay, it comes from Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 to 10. And we're going to look at the resurrection of Jesus. 
Resurrection means to come back alive. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 to 10 reads, After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. It said, if you've been coming to church for a while, you, you would know the story. You would know the story. But I think sometimes we miss the details in the story. Now, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, okay, Jesus has died. He's died on a Friday. And so the Sabbath um, in the day was on the Saturday. So the Sabbath went. And then Sunday morning, Sunday morning, they wake up and they go to the tomb. And you've got to understand why they went to the tomb. They just went to make sure that the tomb was still there. And they get there, and as they're going, what happens? Firstly, there's a violent earthquake. And I don't know if you've ever sat through an earthquake. Anyone here sat through a massive earthquake before? No? We're in Korea. We, we sat through my first ever earthquake. The, it, was, it was tiny. It felt like, felt like a truck was going past the house. Remember your grandma's house? I was like, whoa, there's a big truck. And, she, and you were like, that's a little earthquake. And I was like, oh, my God, I survived an earthquake. You know, it felt so strong. You know, but, but if, you, if you actually sat through a, a natural disaster, it'd be pretty freaky. It would scare you. Not only did a violent earthquake come along, the massive stone that was meant to be covering the tomb was rolled away. Now, they've gone to expect something, and they've seen something complete, completely different, and that's going to be playing on their mind. That would have freaked them out. Okay, and if, if that didn't freak them out, they saw an angel. Now, I said, we, we have this funny idea of angels. Uh, the way we picture angels is like uh, Tinkerbell, like fairies, like these little, like, beautiful creatures. But, but actually, um, they say that the more um, accurate picture of angels are they're huge. Like, they're huge. They, they, they just have this massive presence, right? I, I, I don't think that if you came face to face with an angel, you'd be like, oh, so cute, you know? I think you would be fearing. And that's what these uh, women are in this situation. They're, they're freaked out. But I think that's why the angel, when the angel starts to speak, he starts with these words, do not be afraid. And we see this in verse 5. The angel says, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go and quickly tell, uh, go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead uh, of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. The man that was dead. He's no longer dead, but alive, just as he said. And so we, we, we go over these details very, very quickly. But this angel starts to speak and he says, I know you came here to see a dead guy, but he's not here. Now, I don't know if you grew up with pets. We've had many pets in our family. Um... The key word is had many pets. 
we, we go through them quite regularly. And um, we've got one fish now. He's a survivor. He's living in, like, the tank is so dirt. He just lives in there. Um, but once we had rabbit, right, and the rabbit died, all of our pets died. Right? And I learned a lesson with the fish. I'll go back to the fish for a second. I learned a lesson. This is, this, is, um, this is a free one for all the parents, if you ever have fish. Okay, Kids get freaked out when your pets die because they don't understand death yet, right? And so we, we learned that very early. And so what you do is with fish anyway, you've got to get them when they're just about to die, right? So they could be floating, but they're still moving, right? And so we told our kids, oh, the fish is very sick, and what kind of sickness? Homesickness. The fish is very homesick. And so for the fish to get better, we need to reunite the fish with the rest of the family that lives in the ocean. And what's the quickest way to the ocean? Through the toilet. And so we all get together around the toilet and we go, <laughs> go home, fishy. Get better, fishy. Anyway, that's the fish. Anyway, we had a rabbit and the rabbit died. And... Uh, so what do you do? What do you do with a dead rabbit? Okay. Well, if we were in Asia, we'd put it in a pot and, you know, that's dinner, right? So, but obviously we can't do that. Um, as much as I'm tempted to just throw it in the rubbish bin, right? You know, you, 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 we bury the rabbit, right? In my old house, we've got a few of them buried around the back somewhere. Now imagine, right? Imagine I've dug the hole, I've put the dead rabbit in there and I've put the mold of dirt on top of it, right? And the next morning I wake up and I'm walking past and the mold is not there, but there is a hole. And the dead rabbit is not in the hole, but there is the rabbit alive eating a carrot next to the hole. That would freak you out. That would freak me out. If that would freak you out, right, like a dead rabbit, how much more so? Would these women have been freaked out? The idea that a man, that they watched die, they watched him die. They watched him be buried in this tomb that was covered with this heavy stone. And not only, they're, they're freaking out because an angel's there, the, the, the stone's not there, there's been an earthquake. And so the angel tells them, go and tell the disciples that I am not, that, that Jesus is not dead. Verse 8, so the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And that's such an interesting verse, right? The women were afraid yet filled with joy. Afraid yet filled with joy. They were afraid because they had seen something that in their mind was impossible and yet they were filled with joy because this man was someone that they loved and worshipped. And then we get to verse 9. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Now, if the women hadn't been freaked out enough before, before everything that's already happened, right? Bam! The dead man turns up himself. And I love it. He's so polite. Greetings. 
a dead man. Like, we saw you die. We saw you buried. Hello. You know, like, that would, like, you'd lose your mind. And in that moment of fear and joy, they embrace the risen Lord. And once again, there's that phrase, and it's Jesus that's saying that to them this time. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Have you ever wondered why at Easter we, we don't just celebrate the death of Jesus, but the resurrection of Jesus? I think for most of us, we understand why Good Friday is important, because when Jesus died, He took our sin, He took the penalty that we should have died, and instead, He took it upon Himself so that we could go back to God, so that we could be reconciled with Him. But why do we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus? Why do we celebrate the fact that Jesus came back to life? Why why is that important to us? Now, let me ask you this. If I turned up today and said, you know what, guys? I have found the cure for every cancer in this world. This would not be the response, the way you're responding. If I had the cure to cancer, I would win the Nobel Prize. I would, be, I would be celebrated. There would be much joy and happiness in the whole world. Or if I said to you, I have organized a peace treaty with every warring nation in the world. And we have signed a document that says that we are going to destroy every gun and weapon in the world. People would be over the moon. Right? It's something that we, we can't even fathom. Cure to cancer. You know, getting rid of all the weapons. Or what if someone said, hey, we have rid the world of terrorism. You have nothing to worry about. Sometimes, right, when we hear things like this, theoretically, we go, wow, that's great, right? That's great that the world doesn't have guns. That's great there's no terrorism, and that's great if there's no cancer. But there's a difference when you're connected to that. Because if your dad has cancer, and someone says, we have found the cure to cancer, you don't just go, wow, that's a great idea, and that's like a great, uh, you know, great thing to happen. No, you're you wouldn't be able to contain yourself. If you were not living in the safety of Australia, but you were living somewhere in the Middle East, in the middle of war, to, war country, and someone said, we have, we have signed the document to get rid of every weapon, and there's going to be a treaty, and there's only going to be peace on earth. Now, for us, it doesn't affect us because we live in Australia. Like, the biggest battles that we have in Sydney is we sit, like, city rail. You know, like, is the train coming or not? You know, like, that's what we get frustrated about. But it's just different. And they say there's no more wars. It's different to the way that they understand that. Same with terrorism. You know, we we had a, I guess, a a brief um, encounter uh, a few years ago uh, with the Lynn Cafe shootings. Until that day. Until that day, for all of Australians, terrorism was a theoretical idea. Same with New Zealand. 
Until last month, terrorism really didn't exist in that country, but now it's real. And so if someone was to say, we have rid the world of terrorism, it's different now. See, when Jesus rose from the grave, when Jesus rose from the grave, Jesus conquered death. Meaning that death was now no longer something for us to fear anymore. And I told you, one of the worst things, well, if not the worst thing that can happen to you and I, is that we die, and then that be it. We die, and then that'd be the end of our existence. You know, think about it. Everything that you have now, all the relationships you have now, everything that you're working for, all your family, your parents, everything of worth and value on this earth, once you die, that's it. And yet when Jesus rose from the grave, he beat death. Which means that for those that trust in Jesus, we don't have to fear death. Let me read you some verses. Acts chapter 2, verse 24. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Jesus himself says in Revelation 1.18, I am the living one. I was dead. Now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. He holds the keys. He's in control now, not death. 1 Corinthians 15, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The reason why Christians celebrate Resurrection Sunday is because we don't have to be afraid of the greatest fear that we have, and that's death. Death has been defeated. It changes our whole perspective on life. You know what's interesting? The way you view death, right? The way you understand death and what happens after death actually influences everything in the way that you live your life. The way you view death ultimately affects the way you live your life. If you believe that you only live once, then you can choose to live your life recklessly without consequences because at the end of the day, who cares? I've had so many conversations about, about life and death with, with uh, people that don't believe. And for me, and, and for me personally, that's what gets to me. And, and I think that's what really hit a chord with me. It was... If there is nothing after this life, if all my life is, you know, study, work, live, family, and then retire, and then die, and then that's it. If that's it, what's the point of this life? 
If the idea is that there's nothing after this life, what's the point of living now? To live, you know, 60, 70, 80 years of happiness and joy in this broken world? Surely there's more. The way you really understand death, and what's interesting is, even though you don't think about death, and even though you probably didn't wake up and go, you know, I don't know if I'm going to die today or not, but, you know, it didn't really cross your mind. But ironically, it is, it, your idea of death seeps into every area of your life, even right now. The things that you value, the things that you hold worth to, the reason why you do the things that you do, the reason why you think that the way that you think ultimately comes out of how you understand death. Like, we don't like talking about death. It's morbid, it's sad, it's, you know, it's depressing. But ironically, the way you understand death affects the way you live your life. If death is to be feared, then sadly, the life we will live will be paralyzing. If you feel like, if you fear death, and if you feel like death is the final chapter of your existence, then you know what you'll do every day? You'll try to do whatever it takes to make your life longer and longer. And then if you feel like, you know, there's no reason, there's nothing after death anyway, so who cares? Do whatever you want. But when Jesus defeated death, and when he says that death has no power, and for those that believe in Jesus... Jesus says, do not fear. Do not fear. And it's because of this that we celebrate with our whole hearts, not just what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross, but we celebrate the fact that he has risen again. And he tells us that whoever puts our trust in him as Lord and Savior, just as Jesus was resurrected from death to life, we also, we also will be resurrected from death to life as well. We don't have to be afraid. And we can live in joy under Jesus. Uh, tomorrow is Easter Monday. I don't know what you're doing, but um, tomorrow is the uh, third year anniversary of uh, of the passing of my grandfather. Uh, it's already been three years. It seems like not that long ago. And so tomorrow, some of the family, we're going to get together, have a meal, you know, just remember our grandfather, um, go to the cemetery, uh, just go hang out. It's a little bit weird, but, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of what you do. You know, funny thing is, the way that I view death it would change my perspective of going to the cemetery. See, for me, yes, I miss my grandfather, but because I know that he believed in Jesus, I miss him, but I know that I will see him once again. And I won't see the sick or the ill grandfather, but I will see a whole are healthy, and I'll be able to share my eternity with him. Yeah, how you view death is, 
it changes the way you view life. One of my greatest fears, um, and my wife knows this, and she kind of rolls her eyes at it sometimes, but I, it is a real fear, is that for whatever reason, uh, whatever situation, that I would become separated from my kids. And I fear that. Um, it's a real fear. You know, I, I obviously dearly love my kids. Obviously, I also love my wife, but I don't fear <laughs> being separated from my wife. I actually enjoy being separated from my wife sometimes, especially if I have my golf clubs with me. Um, but, but it's a real fear for me, right, that whether it be illness or abduction, you know, whether it be death, and it's one of the worst things that could happen. And because that is a real fear in my life, when I travel outside of what I would, you know, out of the situation where I can control, right? So when I travel overseas to Korea, and then last year we went to China, um, I didn't enjoy traveling because I don't enjoy, I'm not enjoying everything that's there because all I'm consumed about is the safety and the security of my children. Because that was a real fear to me. You know, that, that really, you know, stuffed me up. Now, it's getting better. And so that's why we, we decided to venture out to another country and went to China. And what didn't help was my Chinese friends telling me, you know, your children might get abducted. And I'm like, dude, don't say that. I have real, like, insecurities about that. It was crazy. So I figured, you know, we have four kids so I'll hold one, I'll hold another, and my wife can hold two, and then, you know, we're covered. We're covered. If we have any more, it's up to God. You know, <laughs> the Lord must protect them. But you know what? As, as, as this idea of death and the fear of death and separation started to come back into context of what Jesus has done for me, I started to bridge that gap. I started to bridge the gap knowing that even if the worst thing was to happen, even if the, if the worst thing was to happen um, because Jesus is victorious and my faith and trust is in him, I have nothing to fear because Jesus is in control. It changes everything. Friends, the choice is yours. You can choose to live in fear, live in the unknown, live the best life ever, trying to control all the variables in your life. Or you can put your trust in Jesus, who defeated death, who defeated death, and who promises us that when we die, and one day we will, when we physically die, that because of Jesus, we too will be resurrected with him. We too will have eternity waiting for us. This is why we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Let's pray.